Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, the old spotter of the 88 Cup car, the old spotter of the 7 Xfinity car, and the old spotter of the 29 latest winning truck. Brett Griffin, spotter, I hope, still, <laughs> for Clint Boyer next year, Elliot Sadler, Myatt Snyder, welcome to the last edition this yes. season of Door Bumper Clear, We're, brought to you by One Main Financial. Are we not doing a Christmas episode? Well, I didn't say it was the last one this year, I said this season. Season's true. We are Christenless today. <laughs> We're Christenless. You are Christenless. You Jeez. you do have producer Amish Josh. Yes, running. I the got show. a lot of shout outs by the way when I was making my way back and forth between championship stage and the uh, See, haulers. Yeah. You just embrace and this. I gotta go ahead and apologize to the listeners right now, yeah. uh, or at least the ones that were in uh, Homestead. Yeah. I didn't really have a chance to stop and say hello. I, if I was being an yeah. ignored you, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, we just had you know kind of a lot of stuff going on. I definitely think he was. What do you think Kristen's doing right now? Ow. She is in New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans. And she, if she's not drinking right now. I hope Ezekiel Elliott's not with her. You know what I mean? <laughs> you remember that video of him pulling that girl's boobs out? That's what I just envisioned. So. <laughs> I hope he's not with her. If so, she's going to end up on the CNN or should something. We, should we like FaceTime her or something? See if she'll answer. She ain't gonna answer. She she's not gonna answer. answer. No, she doesn't answer when she's working. No, she's but not yeah. gonna. Definitely not gonna answer when she's not. No. Um. You know, it's not on the show sheet for some reason, and I looked at it this morning, and I was like, "Huh? Nah. Yeah." Congratulations to the number nine team. Yes. Twenty seventeen Xfinity Series yes. champions. Big deal. Junior Motorsports brought it home. We yeah. said at the beginning of the year we would, and we did. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie though. That 21 was making it making me nervous. Yeah, isn't it ironic that he broke something? A battery, a battery issue. Uh, okay, Come first on. of all, the dude was 20th in practice on Friday. Yeah, and then he finds, you know, half a second in speed for Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you broke. Well, of course you did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm calling a little bit of BS on that. I mean, it's yeah. ironic that he was literally. Not that fast all year, and then the last two yeah. races. Well, I mean, you put flying. a little, you put a little more effort into it, sure. But I mean, that was you're you're talking, and uh, I honestly think Daniel Hemmick's a great driver too. He's really impressed me coming from, and he's I like him a lot. Yeah, he's he's came up like a lot of these 
like a lot of these guys that are now starting to retire have. He yeah. came up through the super late model, through the late model, super late model ranks, and and worked his way up. And you know now he's uh, and a local boy too. He's from Kannapolis. Yeah. So, um, and he's a great dude, man. Great kid. I uh, really uh, hope he has a long, successful career in the sport. I said it last week. He's the best driver at RCR. Yeah, he looks. I, I truly believe that. <clears throat> I do believe that. Yeah, when he, Bob Pockers pulled me aside at the media event in Miami, and he's like, "I almost told Daniel Hemrick that I heard he was the best driver at RCR." I said, he, <laughs> "You didn't hear it. He is." Hey, yeah. By the way, were you getting a foot massage or what? Where something at in Miami? I got a real massage. A real massage. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Like a real massage? I got a real massage. <laughs> we talking was, Daytona Beach massage? <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> Miami <laughs> Beach massage. A real massage. I think she was honestly trying to give me the screen. Like my shoulder Oh, blades. did you get the oh. deep tissue? Oh. oh, dude, I was in pain. Deep tissue And I was like, I can't tell her it's too hard because that would make me a wuss. And yeah, I don't want to be can't, a wuss right now. You can't tell a girl she's massaging you too hard. No. 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 You can't. Can't do it. Well, good for you. I'm glad you got a got massage. A massage. On. Did you do anything in Miami? Not really. Uh, what night did you drink? Uh, all, all, the, <laughs> all the nights. All the, all the, all the days. And Josh and I were just talking before you got here. He started drinking as soon as the race started, and I started drinking as soon as it ended. I had mm. a good old buddy Tim Fito a carpooling me home last night. Thank God, because mm. that plane ride. We got to have a couple beers on pit road. Yeah. Another 15, 20 minutes, most of the 88 team would have been hammered. <laughs> they were, we, they, yeah, they were going down. Yeah. And there was a, I mean, we, it was kind of a weird scenario, but um, it was kind of a, kind of a fun. It reminded me of uh, what racing used to be like. So anyway. So I had something in, uh, South Beach I never had before. It's called cream of corn brulee. Mm. You like cream, sounds good. Like cream brulee. So it was cream of corn, and then they did that burnt sugar thing on top. Oof. Dude, yeah, I had that in Kansas, kind of. Man, in a, in a in a barbecue deal. Yeah, it was really, 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 really good. Yeah, the burnt it, sugar thing. It's hard to beat that burnt sugar. Yeah, it, I mean it was good. Yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway, so it, the having the beers around the car reminded me of a. Saturday night short track race. Yeah. We were in no hurry to leave, and it was actually pretty awesome for once. Like, you're just kind of hanging out, and we started telling jokes and hanging out, and Dell Jr. was doing media after media, and then, then he got done with all that, and then he was just sitting there hanging out. With, like, it was, it was fun. Like, it reminded me of, like, after a uh, an outlaw race, when you can walk through the pit area there, and most of the guys that, you know, they're sitting there at the back of their cars, and kids are coming by taking pictures and stuff. It reminded me of that. I can't so, believe the last race of the year he doesn't let you fly home with him. I know. Can't believe it. What happened? I don't know. I guess he was done. <laughs> guess I should have walked off with five to go or something. <laughs> he just kicked you right off the plane. Yeah, he kicked me right off. Man. Somebody take your seat or just like a yeah, – Well, I you know, I went to go um, – since there was some family coming out and I always have a ride on the – the team plane i was you like, were you know, being nice i was being nice and then i realized you know some bozo upstairs tony mayhoff <laughs> was just gonna go ahead and work half the week and and ride on it and so you know, tony took your seat i, I thought i was doing the he right just started working for dell jr this year how many years you yeah. been working with dell jr uh over 10 like you i mean gosh since, yeah. the, since the eight car the last 10 races with the eight car and he just 
Well, pull, Tony comes in. Yeah, I'm gonna go you. to. I'm gonna go down here and work a little bit. Blah blah blah. Stand around, and I'm gonna fly home earlier. That's cool. So you yeah. don't think Tony really did anything all weekend? Uh he did a little bit in the beginning of the week. He had to go to. He had to go to Key West, and he was helping. Oh, that's that's tough. <laughs> yeah, he had a hard. Okay, he was in Key West in Miami. So, Damn. oh well. And he gets paid to do this. Yeah, apparently. I'm I'm gonna say he's probably not doing it for free. <laughs> what a great gig. Yeah. Tony, coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you uh why didn't you shift into that role? Uh because well, Tony's already got it. Yeah, I mean But Tony just got it. Yeah. Uh yeah, no. I'm good on that. No. Yeah, no. Who's Tony's boss? Mike Davis. Mike Davis? Yeah. So who's Mike Davis's boss? Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> I would probably say it would probably be Kelly and Dale Jr. Yeah. yeah. You think Dale Jr. is a tough boss? Uh, no and yes at the same time because I know what he can be like when he gets in these little moods and stuff. Like, yeah, like he almost broke my ankle earlier this year. <laughs> that shit so funny. Them two playing basketball against each other. But, uh, yeah, they, you know, there's there's times when I, and it's usually not me. I've just seen him get on Tyler a handful of times. And Tyler just try, you know, half the time they expect, they expect people. I bet people, Tyler doesn't say a word, does he? Not a lot. They they expect people like Tyler and even when Mike Davis was in that role, they expect them guys to make decisions for them yeah. and make the right one based on them knowing him and what he likes and stuff like that. And Tyler's right. made a few decisions and they'll just be like, "Why are we doing that?" And then he'll go and and you know want something else and be like, "Oh, you're right. Should have done the other thing." And then Tyler's just like, "You can't win." Yeah. And um, but yeah, I'm good on that role. I really don't want to deal with that stuff. So Tyler gets to ride around in limousines, jump on helicopters, limousine fly on, private, fly on private jets, live large, big hang house. out with Dale Jr. and get paid to do it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I and mean, he's on his podcast. I will say <laughs> Tyler stays pretty busy. Like I mean, I, I've I've been around him quite a bit, and he's constantly, you know, someone's calling him wanting something all the time. Yeah, can Dale Jr. do this? Can this be? Can we go here? Can we move? We bump this up an hour. Can we move this back? Can you fly this day instead? There's always something going on. I wouldn't want to deal with that. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, Tyler. Tyler's done a really good job since he's been in here. So that's good, man. Well, we're uh, Tony. On the other hand, Tony just bumps you right off the plane. I bet he wasn't even here on time. I bet he we see him walk by here. Yeah, dude got home at like ten or what something. A great gig if you can get it. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. All right, you guys want to go into spot on, spot off? Let's or you just want to roast, roast people? Josh is in Tony's job. Too easiest in the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be my guest, bud. Josh told me that Jeff Gordon showed up on pit road. So Josh was telling me before he got here that Jeff Gordon's there, Rick Hendrick's there, Dale Jr.'s oh, yeah. there. Like All these people are there, which means there's a lot of fans there. There's a lot oh, of media yeah. there. And, and Josh pit. was having to play security. Pit, yeah, pit road at uh, You'd be a good security guy. Not very big. You'd be a good security guy. I saw a girl Thanks. in Miami. I don't know if you saw her. Was on, it a on the sixth shot? floor where we'd have to go to the bathroom? She was a whopping four foot tall security guard. Oh, I looked at her and I said, "Honey, <laughs> you yeah. might want to find a new line of work. You're a the smallest security guard I've ever seen in my life." Hey, by the way, on the way back to Okalaka. Um, Yeah, I I saw the greatest shoe show name. What was the name of it? Booby Trap. (laughs) 
booby trap. <laughs> Greatest name ever. That is pretty. It was good. on the right. Yeah, I saw booby that last trap. night too. Yeah. How was it? I, I didn't go. <laughs> didn't have a chance. You, you didn't get booby trapped in the booby no, trap. Sure didn't. Let's go mm. back down there tonight. It's only eleven hours. Yeah. Maybe Dale Jr. can take us. In his yeah. Let's ask. You just play. Uh, let's just ask Tony. Yeah. <laughs> let's go into this. Thing. Tony. All right. Spot on. Spot off. Tricks Jr. wins first career championship. I don't know how you go spot off on that. Martin's the fastest car all year. Dominated. Dominated a lot of races and uh, carried it into the championship. So he's earned it. Yeah. Spot on. You know, I I really feel like Kyle Busch and his crew chief gave this race away. They opted a different pit strategy. And when a caution came out, it put Kyle in fifth or sixth place. Whereas he was leading the race prior to the cycle of pit stops because he waited so long to pit. I think he actually came off of pit road in eighth or ninth place. So he went from leading the race to eighth or ninth based solely on their strategy because in the long run and over the course of the long run, Kyle Busch had the fastest car. And I mean, by a lot. Oh, he was hauling. Truex's pit crew, hats off to those guys. They put him in that position with great pit stops. He, to TJ's point, was the fastest car consistently throughout the year, especially at these mile and a halfs. So happy for him, happy for Sherry, his spotter, Clayton, you know, my buddy Jazzy's an engineer over there. Uh, Jazzy Jeff? Rick Wainwright is over there. I got a lot of friends on that team. And I think it's really cool that the non-Charlotte team won. I mean, these guys are based out of Denver, Colorado. They have somewhat of a following out there. So spot on, man. Good job. Good for you. I, yeah. I, I just got a man. The first thing I thought about when I got in my car and uh, headed to the airport was, like, at what point have you been an Xfinity champion and became a cup champion because those two things are extremely difficult to pull off. Do mm-hmm. you go, okay, I'm at the end of my career. I'm going to go run trucks until I win a truck championship to be the first guy ever to win all three. Like we looked at Greg Biffle. We had some guys come up that had a shot to do that. Austin Dillon. But again, when you get the cup, man, it's it's hard to win it. Yeah, it's real hard to win would it. Would you, if you knew you had two years left, you were going to race. Would you stop and go run a truck deal to be the first ever? If you were rich enough? Because, I mean, look, these guys keep running cup because it pays a pile of money, right? Um, Maybe the last year or so, if it, if I could get in a really competitive truck. But, I mean, it, it'd be hard at that point because you know you're probably going to take a pretty severe pay cut yeah. to go and do it. You're basically not going to – I mean, go from a cup driver. You give 10 million to a million. Yeah, I mean, if, if even that. If, if a million. If that. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, do you, is it worth nine? Is it worth 9.5 to you? But if I got $60 million in the bank, probably. Uh, I'd like 70 If I had Dale Jr.'s <laughs> money, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. If I had TJ Major's money, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You'd be in the truck series for life. <laughs> for life. <laughs> I'd be doing PR. Yeah, for the truck series. <laughs> All right. Spot on, spot off. Boss Mandel's last ride. Uh, You know what? Spot on because he's doing it the right way and he's getting to choose his path. Um, spot off because now I have to find someone else to work with. and You already have somebody else to work with. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, you don't. I heard that Kyle Busch was complaining about Joey Logano than the way he raced him at the end. Yeah, I'm sure he was. I watched a little bit, but I mean. Huh. wonder if he saw the race the day before. Hmm. 
I mean, when a JGR <laughs> team raced another guy like crap. Oh, don't worry. We're about to talk about it. I don't think um, – Dell Jr.'s last ride. Back to that. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm done on that one. Spot on. I mean, here's a guy <laughs> that's a 172-time most popular driver, multiple Daytona 500 winner, Bush Series champion. This guy's had – Twice. A hell of a run, you know, and and – First time I met him was back in 1998-1999 and I've seen him grow a lot as a person and 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 not necessarily as close as TJ has obviously but just man he used he went into a period where he went to a shell and you didn't see him and and then all of a sudden you know Steve Latart got there and it's like Steve Latart and Amy started bringing him out of his shell and you started seeing him more in public, and you started seeing him at Michelle's in Dover, you know, at the restaurant. And it's like, man, yeah. this guy's got some normalcy back in his life. And and I've been around some people that have done that same thing, and you literally watch it, and you go, man, I feel bad for him. They feel like they can't go anywhere. And just to see what he's done personally and professionally, man, he had more pressure, arguably, than anybody's ever had because of his name and because of his father passing and the way that he handled it, and as professional and as successful as he's been, man, nothing but spot on and kudos to that guy. Yeah, there's uh, one thing to say about that is they don't, you know, the, his the popularity on that is like when, when he would go and have a, we would have a bad race, you don't want it. Like most of these people, how many people you really think get on, you know, uh, you know, Landon Castle if he has a bad race? Right. He probably has a few things here and there or whatever. This guy's got majority of the nascar fans yeah. looking at it you know? i truly believe he has 80 percent of the fan base that cares about him in some capacity it may not be their favorite driver but they're relevant to him but he's got people to answer to a lot of people to answer to after every race yeah so and i think he's handled all that as good as you can handle it he's always he's always talked to everybody he's always signed everything you could find you know what i mean he was so. one of the last to get on social media and when he got there he was one of the biggest at regardless of how he performed to your point yeah he engaged people he went on twitter he went on periscope like he he did all those things so yeah i mean i don't know that he could have done anything any better i'm just really happy for you guys that he was able to come back he was able to run all the races this year yeah, and he was able to hang his hat up when he wanted to and the way he wanted to. Because you don't yeah, always we talk no. about that all the time on this show. You don't always get to do that. Like Matt's not getting that choice. Yeah, no. the sport quits you before you quit the sport. Absolutely, we say on here a lot. All right, just a little forewarning. There's going to be a lot of beeps nah. in this next uh, little <laughs> little thing here. But uh, spot on, spot off. Ryan Priest interferes with Xfinity title battle. I'm not going to give my opinion up front. I may end up giving it. Out of frustration, but I'm going to state facts. We're racing for a championship. William Byron and ourselves are swapping it back and forth. Great and, racing, and, by and, the way. And this has been going on for dozens upon dozens upon dozens of laps. You know, through pit stops. It's, it's just, it's a great race. It's great entertainment for the fans. Ryan Priest is in a position where he's racing for an owner's championship in his third or fourth ever Xfinity race. So a lot of pressure, right? The guy he's racing for that championship is 10 seconds ahead of him. Now, I'm going to stop right here for a second. What the f*** is an owner's championship, and what does it mean to our fans? I want every fan listening to this to, to, to ask yourself, what does an owner's championship mean to you, and what does it mean to our sport? And you're going to sit there, and you're going to go, well, hell, I don't know. 
because it's not what the sports promotions are built around. They're built around the drivers. They're built around the athletes. They're not built around a car owner winning a championship. They're built around the guy holding the steering wheel. So the guy that he's racing for this owner's championship is 10 seconds ahead of him, which means he can't even see him. Here comes guys, William Byron, Elliot Sadler, from a straightaway behind is how far we run him down. Now, I realize that he's racing for something, but the biggest plot of the whole play is coming to you and you have a decision to make. Race him hard and get in the middle of it, which is fine. It's your choice. Or get the out of the way and let these guys figure it out themselves. And NASCAR was constantly yesterday on our radio telling people like Jamie McMurray, get out of the way and let these guys figure it out themselves. So for people to not understand Elliot's frustration and my frustration and our race team's frustration, you're idiots if you don't understand why we're mad. Because Ryan Priest is not going to win an owner's championship. People say, what if a yellow come out? Or what if million dollars falls out of the sky and I don't go get any of it. Like, don't give me that hypothetical. So I honestly think that Ryan didn't know what was coming. I think his spotter, I walked down to the spotter and I was like, Hey Rick, man, just don't screw us. Stood there like a mannequin. Didn't say yes, no, maybe. I don't know. I heard through the grapevine that, that he didn't tell him anything. So I, either the spotter didn't give him information for him to make a good decision or he flat out didn't make a good decision. I haven't talked to Ryan Priest yet. Still trying to calm down before that happens. But if I were Elliot after the race, I'd have been pissed too. You've been waiting to hit that button. Yeah. It's, it's I would uh <clears throat> I see both sides of it. I would be I would be pissed too. Um I would be pretty mad and upset. Uh but I, I think was he racing the nine for the owners championship as well? He was. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of things landed just right to make it a bad situation. But he let you the know? nine go. That's the guy he let go. Well, he like didn't he, let him go. He raced us. And well, then he, I mean, I saw how the passes. I mean, William William timed his run a little bit better when he got there, he in did. my opinion. He timed William a little bit drove, better. Man, William drove as good of a race as I've ever seen any I, human I, being both drive. Both of them. I mean, yeah. that, that race was fun to watch. That was yeah. – Elliot and I mean, once one guy would get in front of the other guy, you're kind of like, oh, okay, this guy's gonna check out a little bit. No, I mean, uh, uh, the we, other guy, the other guy would get faster behind him. It's like, what but here's guy? the thing: like, I mean, we we got the 42 behind us, and and kudos to the 42 driver Tyler Reddick on Saturday and Kyle Larson yesterday because both scenarios they have the same spotter, Derek out of Maine, great dude, and in both scenarios. Derek was going around telling everybody, hey, I'm not going to try and pass you. I'm not getting in the middle of this. So the maturity of, of that spotter and that driver versus what we saw with Ryan Priest is pretty, pretty ridiculous, to be honest and with you. And there might have been more. Like, I know we don't – I don't really look at the owner's championship that much, but I know that – There's I money know, involved. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's there's, all that it is. Well, there's people – And it's stupid. Do away with well, it. Well, there's people that, that do care about it. The owners are – it's a pretty big deal to the owners – I mean, obviously, they field cars for the 22. We had Sam in there for a reason. Yeah. You know, they field these cars. From a marketing perspective and a fan base perspective, yeah, well, it's I don't, stupid. I don't. I pay no attention to it all year. But yeah. to the if I owned a car, I probably would. Yeah, well, again, but, because it's money. But, um, you know, I, I see both sides of it. I would be, if it was the 7 and I ran him down and he was right there, I'd be 
just as you know, I'd be upset with him as well. Dell Jr. should be on the stage at the banquet as the owner champion, as a driver champion, as a whatever. It looks stupid to have two champions. Yeah, I don't know why the, I don't know why the owner isn't. So this, the the whatever. So the nine cars owner is not you know, a champion. You, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, the technically the owner of the nine is Rick Hendrick, right? Uh, yeah, which he was on stage to get that. Yeah, and so was. But that should be also. Pitt, well, get, what I was trying to say, um, like this is kind of off topic, but it was kind of cool. Um, I don't know if you guys saw or if you saw a replay, but Roger Penske and Rick Hendrick both on stage at the same time. At one as the owners' championship, one as the yeah. regular championship, <clears throat> and they switched hats with each I other. Saw that. I thought that. I thought that yeah, was a whatever. pretty good sign of respect. Okay, I well, hope that Ryan right. Priest, you know, he's quote showed some remorse, and then one of those VIP guys on NASCAR was like, "Don't ever show remorse for racing hard." There's a difference between racing hard and racing stupid, and I think it's man. I had so many spotters multiple drivers, including a JGR driver, text me after the race saying, man, I'm sorry. It shouldn't have gone down like that. And I think TJ and myself and so many other spotters wouldn't have wanted to put our driver in that position to be that guy, especially his third or fourth race ever. You know, and, and I realized two things. Number one, everybody that's an Elliott Sadler fan was pissed off. Mm-hmm. And this guy's one most popular driver twice. So he's got a good fan base, right? Everybody that's a William Byron fan or a Ryan Priest fan or a Joe Gibbs Racing fan or a Toyota fan are happy. And I don't give a about all you people right now. Uh, <laughs> Not right now, I don't. I, I'll be yeah. over it maybe by Daytona or maybe I won't. I didn't sleep a wink that night. Like, literally. Yeah. Didn't sleep a wink. I mean, just, you're mad. You're I like, mean, we, you never know, though, that going into that race – they might have told Ryan, like, all right, Ryan, we want to get the best finish you can. We're trying to win this owner's championship. I need you to go out there and try to win it. I mean, you know, if he has orders like that. Well, supposedly they told him after the nine got by him, hey, just let these guys go to the race for a championship. Should have told him that 10 seconds. Well, that's what I'm saying, it. though. Is he in the wrong for them? I mean, his boss, he's trying to make – he he's, doesn't have a ride yet. So. He, he does. He's got a dozen races sold next year. But, I mean, he's still trying to make his career. He's still trying to make his career. But, so. at, the, but at the end of the day, he has two options, race hard or race smart. And he picked race hard. And, again, there's not a rule against what he did. I'm not saying that he committed a crime. It just it just comes down to, you know, do you want to be involved in this conversation or not? And he put himself in the middle of that conversation. Spot on, spot off. Danica to retire after running 2018 Daytona 500 and Indy 500. Did you see what Brian France said yesterday? No. About Matt Kenseth. And Danica Patrick exiting the sport. Y'all didn't see it. I failed to see it. Okay, so he's in his press conference, and they're talking to him. And Brian France was asked a question about these two guys and girls. A guy and girl, Kenseth and Danica, (laughs) having to step away from the sport, even though they don't want to, simply because they can't find sponsorship. And his answer was... If you don't perform at a high level, no matter who you are, it's going to be very difficult to stay in this sport. Matt just won. <laughs> Does he know Matt Kenseth? The guy's a champion. The guy is a race winner. He made your playoff. He's a postseason team. Yeah. This is like saying, you know, congratulations, Kansas City Chiefs. You guys are you guys the, suck. You guys made the AFC Championship, but you're not good enough to continue. Like, 
I didn't see that. That quote makes about as no sense, man. But I mean, here's the reality: Danica brought a huge fan base to the sport because very few people in IndyCar probably had a bigger name than she did. She she had a big name in IndyCar because of how well she ran at Indy. I feel like she was able to hang her hat on being a good race car driver solely because of how good she was at Indy. She got here. She had some success in the Xfinity Series, ran real good at road courses, good at plate races, you know, probably kept the lights on at Junior Motorsports if we're going to be honest with each other. She brought some sponsorship dollars here. And my little girls love her. Yeah. I saw all these people trolling her on social media saying, you suck, go home, leave. Like, let me tell you guys something. She is the equivalent to President Barack Obama. She defied everything to get to where she's at. She freaking came up through the ranks as a, as a woman race car driver and made it to the most elite series in America. She done what people saying probably can't be done. And she did it. So, yeah. man, I love her. Uh, I don't know her personally, but, but I love what she's represented. I, I'll say this and I'll shut up. If she had been as gracious and as nice all the time as she was in her press conference, she'd still be here because her outward personality and persona to the public, she's a little bit of a, a hard to get along with feisty chick. And she's if, she, feisty. if she'd have been that sweet and genuine all the time, she'd probably still be here. Yeah, she's very genuine when you know her. She's very, very genuine. You um, worked with her two years? I worked with her about almost two years. Favorite and, thing uh, about her? <clears throat> just her gen- when you do know that side of her. I mean, she's very, very genuine. Um, like the, I think my favorite story about her is we were at Del Jr.'s New Year's Eve party and uh, we're standing there and all of a sudden I get this uh, text message about 1130 at night and it's from Danica. And it's like, hey, I really uh, look, really had a lot of fun working with you this year. Uh, looking really forward to next year. Thank you for everything you've done. And I mean, out of nowhere. And just, you know, for even to think about that and to send that message was, you know, and, yeah. and, and when you know her personally, she's very, like, she's fun. She's nice. Like, She's normal. Yeah. And uh but where where did Kurt finish when he ran the Indy five hundred? Sixth, fourth. It was top six. Okay, didn't she run right in that area? She she hauled ass. Yeah. She ran like fourth or fifth, I thought, as well, and she or the last time she ran it. Yeah. And and Kurt's uh He's uh, he's an yeah. exceptional driver. Yeah. So I mean this she's she's not a terrible driver. No. She can drive things. I mean, how do you go run like that in Indy five hundred? Like yeah. that's not easy to do. So you know, she's uh, definitely opened a lot of doors for people. And, you know, if you saw that side of her, I think you, a lot of people, that goes with a lot of these drivers. People go out there and, you know, they might boo somebody, but you don't really know that guy. Yeah. You know, they might be different than, but it is what it is. I think that, that she is, is is and was and forever will be an inspiration. And I think that everything she did will at some point be very documented where it'll be in a 30 for 30 or what, man? Like you can't, yeah. you can't not say she's successful. Now look, man, has she won a race? No, but she won a poll. You know, she, she's run well at places. I mean, there were a lot of times we thought she was going to have good runs. Like the time Joy Logano blew a brake rotor and by, killed her. Yeah. You know, oh, Kansas. Kansas. Amarola yeah. broke his back in that wreck. I mean, there were times where she was having good days and it, it seemed to always for whatever reason for her get screwed up. So, yeah, she's, I don't, people will say she's not successful. She's been pretty successful. Yeah. I mean, it just cause she doesn't have, you know, 15 top tens or 20 top fives. I mean, it doesn't mean she's not successful. I don't know that we've ever seen any driver 
say my last two races are going to be the biggest races in America. Yeah, they're going to be, yeah. they're going to, it's going to be the Daytona 500, which for me is the biggest race in the world. I don't care what you say about Monaco or whatever. The Daytona 500 for Brett Griffin is the biggest race in the world. And she's going to turn right around in the same year and make her last race in the other series, which is a series that got her here, her last race, which is one of the biggest races in America. What if she swept them? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, spot on, spot off, 2017 season as a whole. I mean, it It was entertaining. I had a little bit of everything. We had a little bit of fighting at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, we had some controversy in the chase a little bit. We've had some controversy all year, uh, you know, with wins and, and cucumber stuff. Uh, um, you know, I, I hope you know we can learn from this year i feel like we learned a lot of things this year they can make some fine-tuned adjustments for next year with no big changes but i think there's a few things they could do you know after victories we don't need to be tearing the cars up i think there's certain things they can do to to help level the playing field a little bit and and uh get these races you know more on an equal playing field I guess for me, man, like I don't have a spot on, spot off. I just look at it from a relationship standpoint, and I and I, I got to say it's heartbreaking. I mean, we got Dale Jr. stepping away, Matt Kenseth stepping away, Danica Patrick stepping away, you know, Elliot losing the championship at the last minute with six to go. Like there's a lot of things, you know, Clint finishing second three times. Like you just – for me personally, I just look at this season as the racing was as good as I've ever seen it in the cup series. I think they've got the rules package where you can, you can have the lead and still the guy in second place, be able to run you down a passion. We hadn't seen that in a while, but just from a relationship ship standpoint, man, I, I got to say this year was pretty heartbreaking, pretty tough swallow. I think the racing was better. I think we need more manufacturers in the being competitive. I feel like there's like two of them are pretty far behind. Yeah. I mean, the thing is you've got, you know, you got all these guys stepping down, and and I'm going to give hats off to you know what I'm about to say. I mean, you're looking at Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Dell Jr., Carl Edwards, Matt Kenseth, Greg Biffle, Danica Patrick, like all of these huge names stepping down over the course of the last three years. But the infusion of young talent that gets here, they have to be challenged with putting on a show, and and. and TJ knows this. You guys know this. Like, to some degree, the show's only as good as the talent. And if these guys go out there and ride around single file at Talladega, it's boring. But these young guys coming in, if they're tasked with, make this entertaining, race your asses off, which they've done, man. Uh, Chase Elliott, Blaney, I mean, these guys are really, really good. So if we can go in and, and these guys do that, they can elevate us from a competition standpoint. We have a long ways to go in terms of their names and their legacies and being able to bring butts to seats and eyeballs to TVs. But if they do it and they do it well, the sport will be fine. We got – we have – what's growing is the guys that don't know any better yet, really. They're coming in here and their care level for what could possibly happen is pretty, pretty low. low. Pretty low. So – and – that's kind of what we need. We need the guy that's going to make that bold move to the bottom at Phoenix and go three wide. Is it going to make it or not? That's what we want to see. Yeah. I don't want to see all these guys go in there single file and come off the corner and see whose car is faster in 30 laps. And then go on a bike ride together after the race. I want to see these guys come in there. I want to see a guy get on there, rough the other guy up a little bit. Chase Elliott pretty much said that 
he wasn't, you know, at Phoenix, as soon as Denny went around him, he basically laid the bumper to him and said, look, dude, you're going to have a fun time with me today. Yeah. And then you got Sindrick in the truck series. <clears throat> you know, he's made a he's made it pretty interesting this year a few times. He basically sh- showed a Mossport he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. And then at, at Phoenix, he did the same thing. I mean, he didn't, in my opinion, he didn't do anything wrong, but he made it exciting. Yeah. And um, these kids are going to, these young guys are going to do that. I know some of these guys aren't going to make that move because, you know, they know what could possibly happen. They don't want they don't want that outcome. Right. So, Have they announced that Ford deal yet? Which one? Of those kids? I don't think so. No. No, I don't think so. Um, but it's going to be fun. We got. When you look at Briscoe. I mean, you spotted for him this week. I kid, think Chase is great. Kid man. wins a race. You he should have won two or three this year. I think he won Texas still. <laughs> yeah. Briscoe wins a race. Cendric makes the playoff. Wins a race. You got Ty Majeski sitting there. Who's man? He ran a he ran a very good race. I thought he ran a good race. Saturday. Learned a lot. Yeah. A lot of pressure on that kid, man. You put him in this championship race, <clears> second <throat> race ever. Like. I, 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 that's a tough track. Ford is, Ford is going to do what we said 10, 12 weeks ago on the show that manufacturers have to do. Get involved. Get a development deal. Bring these guys up from the ground level. When you look at Suarez, you look at Jones, you look at Christopher Bell, like Toyota is doing that better than these other manufacturers. Yeah. And I think you'll see Ford announce that they're going to do something with these kids. But, man, just the model standpoint, it's hard to watch Briscoe win the race. It's hard to watch – Cindric win the race, make the playoff, and then their team go completely out of business. That's the only thing I my my problem with it is is I wish they would have done more with those trucks so they had a good a good feeder deal you know to put them in there. Yeah. Um, you know guys like Bell have been driving nothing but grade A stuff the whole the whole time here, right. and um, which that's that's what they're putting them in. They're teaching them that way, you know. They're which is fine, but they've got the greatest. Uh, program to to teach these kids. Your your owner, your driver, your team, with that truck, all in lame duck. It's all going out of business, and yet they show up and win the last race. That says a lot about their commitment, their work ethic. Yeah, and you know, I don't think uh, Brad said numerous times that he is he's not done being a car owner. So I think he is. I think what he's doing is he's just sitting back and he's going to re you know gather you know build back up a little bit here and, and then i'm not sure what he's gonna do but to yeah. me if i know brad he's he's gonna i think he's brad's very calculated look at the owners man they're all old yeah and brad's they're all old yeah the, the, i'm talking about cup owners we're talking roger penske rick hendrick richard childress richard petty yeah these guys are all extremely aged in terms of how much longer can they do this and and you look at guys like jeff gordon and it's like man he needs to be more involved on the ownership side we need dale jr to take junior motorsports to the cup series like we need young owners not for just the fact that they're young we need them for the longevity of the sport yeah and brad's i think brad knows what he's doing business wise and him saying that he's not done being an owner i I, i'd fully believe that yeah All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. One Main Financial is the largest consumer finance company in the United States, and it dates back over 100 years. TJ, I did not know that, but I did know that if you were in need of a loan and your finances have taken a turn, One Main can help. So race down to the closest One Main branch and get back on track. You know that with more than 1,700 locations, there is bound to be one near you. There's actually one really close to us where we're at right now. So find your closest one main at onemainfinancial.com. Lending, 
made personal. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. All right, we're going to move into fast lane. Um, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Go. If you don't know how to do fast lane, then listen to the first season. Furniture Row went from a struggling single-car team a decade ago to a champion to champions this year. Do you think another small cup team will ever accomplish this feat again, Brett? I mean, you hate to say never. Uh, I don't think they're a small cup team. I think they have a lot of funding. I think they, you know, are, are very well-funded two-car team, obviously going back to a one-car team next year. But they've been the fastest Toyota for the last two years. You know, they get their cars and their motors through Gibbs, and they do their own bodies. And at the end of the day, man, I I, I think we may see it again next year. Do I think – I mean, if they're, they're definitely going to be a contender to repeat based on their speed. Yeah, they uh, – it took them a little while to get the ball rolling on this. It took them, you know, a handful of drivers too. And, you know, I think once they formed that – once they formed that uh, that that relationship with JGR and, and started getting some things from them, they were already really, you know, fast. That, that kind of pushed them to the next level. They obviously have the right people there and a lot of smart people there to take what they could get and make it better. So – um yeah congrats to them and you know it's been a it's definitely you know been fun watching them go from the bottom up but they have had a lot of funding from the beginning yeah cole pern is a very smart guy jazzy their engineer very smart guy gary their car chief very smart guy like they've they've this sport can be all about two things resources which typically comes from money and people and they've obviously got both going for them the first year of stage racing is now complete. Did it help or hurt competition in 2017? I think it helped the competition it, instead of, uh, you know, there, there's parts of me that don't like it, but I like the fact that, you know, if you do have to go to the back in the very beginning, you kind of got the at first stage break to not go a lap down. You can still kind of make your way up. Um, it also kind of resets the field a little bit here. Um, you know, it, it kind of resets the field and, um you know, I, I don't know. I liked it. It could make guys more aggressive at times. And you actually, I think the point playoff, the point payoff for it was good. I think stage racing is phenomenal, especially in the Cup Series, the way it's set up. I think in the lower series, two stages prior to the checker flag is, is one too many. I think they need a halfway and that's it. It eliminates basically in the truck series the, the need for green flag stops. I think those kids need that practice because when they get in the Cup Series and have a green flag stop, they'll get their ass kicked because they haven't been practicing. And I think the points or a little confusing. I'm all for giving uh, the top five points or, or the winner of the stage a point, but to uh, to do the top ten, my 10-year-old doesn't understand it, and, and maybe I'm not a good teacher. But uh, overall, you know, hats off, man. Stage racing definitely helped the sport. Uh, I, I still think, um, you know, the, uh, the stage racing has definitely helped. I just wish some of the uh, – I wish we had longer runs sometimes here and there, but, I mean – Maybe shorten the first a little bit. Maybe shorten the first couple. I know they're kind of short some places already, but 
maybe shorten them up just a little bit more in the beginning. Yeah, the so weird can thing is, a bit the, yeah, the weird thing to your point is like yesterday it's 80 laps, and then the next one that's is, pretty long to me. The next one is you know lap 160, which is 80 more laps. But the weird thing is like you take that caution at lap 80. And then we do all the crap that, that surrounds yeah, the caution, which is pitting laps. and interviews. And next thing you know, the second stage is way shorter than the first stage, you know, by 10%. So, like, I think, to your point, make that first stage way shorter, you know. Yeah, maybe they get longer as they go, something like that. Yeah. The 100 lapper to end the race was perfect yesterday. It was good. Yeah. Which cup driver surprised you the most this season, Brett? Oh, man, that's a good question. Let's get to Jason's asking good questions. Uh, I, I, I mean, you guys are going to think I'm an idiot, but I, I got to say Martin Truex. Because, what an idiot. Because I've seen Martin Truex think the sky is falling and think that, that bad luck is always going to bite him. And this year he goes out and wins seven or eight races, whatever that number was, and won a championship. So, I, I mean, a first-time champion, he's racing guys in this playoff that were multiple you know, championship winners in there. I mean, the three guys he was racing yesterday all had a championship except him. So the guy that surprised me the most is definitely Martin Truex Jr. The guy that surprised me the most is probably Daniel Suarez. He is he uh, did kind of – he wrecked a lot in the beginning of the year, and now it, and it, now he's putting together, you know, top tens. He's not always the fastest in qualifying, but he kind of works his way up. He's making smart decisions. I've been around him a lot. The uh, race around him a lot the last, you know, probably two or three months, and he's made a lot of smart decisions. We would run him down. The old Daniel Suarez would have raced you until your fenders were knocked off. This guy right. waves you by now. You know, you're running, you know, 12th, 13th. You catch Daniel, he goes, you, he runs you back down. You wave him by. This guy is racing with his head. Um, he's got speed, and he's impressed me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Honorable mention to Suarez. I agree. He's the most improved. I mean, we saw him dominate the Xfinity Series Championship last year, and then he showed up at Daytona, and for the first 10 weeks, he looked like a fish out of water. And then all of a sudden, he started getting a little bit better, a little bit better. So I, yeah. I agree with TJ. Martin's a champion already, too, though. So yeah. it doesn't really surprise me that he can still do it in the right, car, right yeah. cars. Yeah. What's one change you hope NASCAR makes for 2018? Damn, I got about three of them, man. You get one. How about, uh, how about two? You're one. I'm going to give you two, though. I think uh, qualifying needs to be two stages. That's three is too many. Um, three is too many, uh, and also the victory deal. You know, if well, these guys that win six, seven races a year, they don't need to be blowing these things off. I mean, come on, come on. I think we need shade on the spotter stand. Yep, because <laughs> it's hot as hell up there. Uh, I think they need to get their arms around. These burnouts, for sure. I got to support TJ on that. Man, TJ's just on it today. I mean, the qualifying deal. We go green for the first stage of qualifying, which is 20 minutes. And for 10 minutes, we all sit there, which means it needs to be 10 minutes, not 20. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think TJ's There's no pressure. I mean, we need to roll off there and be, okay, guys, let's, let's go. When I sit here, oh, let's see what this guy runs, this guy runs. Let's, like, let's start qualifying and get after it here, man, and, and yeah. go. Yeah. So and I don't care if they, if you do two rounds, make the little make the break a ten or fifteen minute break or something. I don't care in the middle, you know. Uh, yeah. But just there's no urgency. There's like okay, we're gonna roll on down there. We're gonna sit. Okay, that's fun. Let's, I go, with, it said let's roll. go with three five minute. Yeah, sessions. Be fine. It says what one yeah, change? Whatever. I thought it said rule change. My one change would be add Myrtle Beach to the schedule. 
Okay. <clears throat> the off-the-wall topic, if you could add one non-traditional Thanksgiving food to the Thanksgiving menu, what would it be? Oh, non-traditional Thanksgiving food to the Thanksgiving menu. I'm going with fried rice. Dude, you can't throw China into this deal. <laughs> yeah, you can't. That, it's non-traditional. Man, this is Pilgrim and Indians. Saying about China. How about them three Jap- guys? What about Japanese? <laughs> Japanese How about that suite that Trump sent out yesterday. Oof. Which one? So he, I didn't say it. So these three kids get these three kids for the UCLA basketball team get caught shoplifting. Yeah. And one's really popular. One, the ball kid, his brother plays for the Lakers, and his dad <laughs> is a complete buffoon. Okay. <laughs> That's so, true. So these guys get they're facing TJ up to ten, ten years, years yeah. in a China prison. Trump apparently helped him get out of it. He got the kids home, and I guess the ball guy was not very nice and giving Trump credit for helping. So Trump said, I should have left him over there. <laughs> I swear he tweets just to make people go crazy. I mean, which, I, which you do sometimes. I do that too. Yeah. I mean, that's eh. It's yeah. funny. All right. So I don't care. Should have left him over. I mean, should have gave him some punishment. Yeah. Shouldn't have been shoplifting, first of all. Those kids, that's stupid to go over there. You know, you know, I know going over there that they got their punishments for crimes are severe. Yeah. Communism. Like, they're severe. Don't mess with them. Like, good Lord. All right. So, what's your non traditional Thanksgiving? Let me tell you who ain't going to China. Me. This guy. For anything. Josh, Josh could probably see over the Great Wall. (laughs) I'm not leaving North America. It ain't happening. What about Canada? That's North uh, America, Josh. <laughs> thought you were talking about the United States. That's the United States of America. <laughs> North America is Mexico, USA, Canada, Hawaii, Alaska. <laughs> Alaska. One uh, non-traditional food. Man, so love- this is stuff. You know how when you make your Thanksgiving plate, most of the food can touch. Yeah. Like you can, like the stuffing can touch the. The corn, whatever you got. Yeah. Like, most of the food can touch. The turkey can touch the stuffing, mashed potatoes. All that can kind of touch a little bit. So this has to be something that can kind of blend in there. My, I'm, I'm, It's a toss-up for me between deer meat that Will cooks, mm. stone crab. Stone crab. That I just had I don't Miami. think fish can be. <laughs> no. You were getting on me for fried rice, and you just sat there and said stone crab? Well, stone crab's at least from America. It ain't from China. There is nothing fishy. I got fishy. some fried rice last night from America. And then, last but not least, I guess Rocky Mountain oysters. Yeah, oh. seafood can't happen. You bull want ball. fried rice. You like bull mm. balls, TJ? <laughs> can't say that I do. Can't say that I don't. Have you ever had them? <laughs> no. Oh. Never have. A good old Rocky Mountain oyster. I would think of... They call them calf fries, too. Oh. <laughs> have you ever had calf fries, Josh? No, I sure haven't. Really? Yeah. Do you, when you go to Texas, I'll take you somewhere. They Jeez, got man. Do they cook the do funny too? Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that on here. <laughs> we say everything else on here. So I would probably, man, to me, I'd like to throw a little bit of like spaghetti in there. So I, I, oh, spaghetti. So I got to say. That's Italian, man. You can't do that. Yeah. Pizza. I, now you want to go to Italy. <laughs> I, so we went in this restaurant and Elliot got food poisoning on this particular night. The next day, Clint had to sub for him. We were driving a, a Gibbs car back then, but he didn't eat these things. But we get to this restaurant, and they're like, we're going to have a order of calf fries. And I'm like, I have never heard of that. So, like, we get them, and I bite into it, and I was like, 
well, this is different. So I asked the server, I was like, hey, what, what exactly is calf fries? She said, well, it's Rocky Mountain oysters. I said, I don't know what that is either. <laughs> she said, it's a bull's testicles. I oh. was like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, so, great. So after dinner, I proceed to get on the old YouTuber, and I'm going to you know, uh, I'm gonna no, search no, what this is. No. And the first thing they tell you is how to prepare them. Uh, and I'm like, do they start with the removal? Damn. Like, I'm not real sure I should ate that. How do they prepare them? I had something in Vegas one time called uh, monkey cheek or something. Oh. <laughs> veal cheek. It was veal cheek. Oh. So, monkey cheek. So I'm thinking it's like bottom sirloin steak. And I come home, I was like, man, I had the greatest thing ever out there. I had some uh, veal cheek. And Claudia's like, you idiot. You ate the inside of, of, a, of a baby cow's mouth. And I'm like, no, I didn't. She starts Googling it. And I will literally eat anything. I'll uh, taste anything. And I'm like, oh, that's nasty. Field cheap. Yeah. I wouldn't probably eat that. What's the nastiest thing you've ate? Calamari. That's not nasty. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it was so chewy. It was terrible. Dude, that's some octopus in Miami. It was bad. It was in Fontana, not too far from the racetrack. We yeah, had a little bit. What, what, what do you got? I'm I'm trying to think. Are you a picky eater? No, not not overly. I just – I. I hate crab. I hate crab. Any kind of crab. Any kind of crab. Doesn't matter if crab, it's crab cake. I don't like it. You like lobster? I don't mind lobster and I don't mind shrimp, clams. I can do those, but Amy Earnhardt something. taught me how to do a lobster. I'd always had them given, you know, given to me ready to eat. And we're at this lobster bowl. They throw all these lobsters on the table. I was like, man, that looks that looks really good, but I don't know how to get in it. Yeah. She's a pro. <clears throat> they used to send those uh they used to send those crab legs down from those those crab boats from that show. Wild Bill. Yeah, he'd send a whole bunch down. I saw him a couple times this weekend. I did too. Mm. His Grand Marshal of the yeah. Xfinity race. Yeah. All right, we'll move into hashtag SDBC. Uh, first up is at Aaron Peach. Are stage breaks necessary for the championship races? If the four continue contenders aren't even scored for their breaks why have them at all for that race hmm. it's a good point if there's no scoring for well it. fifth through 30th is still racing for points so those point breaks are to make it consistent are still relevant you know and i think the stages break up the monotony they give us some cautions you know when we look at the truck race the only breaks we had were when the stages ended in the Xfinity yeah. race. We only had one caution outside of the stages, so it does give a break in the action. And uh, hold on, a minute. my buddy Brad Little's calling me. Hey, Brad, I got you on speaker. We're doing our podcast. Oh, hey guys. Hey, hey, hey! hey, hey. You got my stuff. I got your stuff, man. You got, you got the package. Sounds shady. I know. That sounds really you are shady. shady. You get that whole box yeah. of Rocky Mountain oysters? Not really. Hey, where you at? Do funnies. Uh, about to get off on uh, 150 here in Mooresville, North Carolina. Are you going oh. to Casey's house now, or are you are you already dropped the bus? No, I'm heading there right now. All right, I'll holler at you when I get done. Holler. Yeah, it's in for. All right, see you, bro. Bye-bye. He drove all night. Yeah, Case Kane's bus driver. He probably left last night at, at 11. I yeah. mean, the race was over at 8, so he probably, or 6.30, whatever. Like He probably, he literally, it's a 12-hour drive. thought it was more than that. I think it's like 12 hours because it's no, seven it's, to it's Daytona. Like, it's like 12 from getting to Florida to Miami. Like Jacksonville. No, dude. No way, man. You're crazy. It's no. seven to Daytona. It's six to Daytona and another four or five to Miami. It's seven to Daytona, like 
normal. Yeah, if you leave now, he drove Seven all Daytona. night, so he didn't have to deal with all the. It's definitely five hours from Daytona to Miami, ish. Yeah, so it's twelve hours. Okay. So he left last night, drove straight through, and then he's going to get here, get his wife and two kids, and drive straight to Pittsburgh for Thanksgiving. Oof. Yeah. Six hours. Oof. Six and a half to Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it's four to Richmond. Or you don't go that way. No, no you wouldn't go that way. You, you go, go 81. Up. You go 80 with 79. I hate 81. There's so many trucks on that road. So many cops on that road through Virginia. The only the, – when you go to, like, Pittsburgh, there you get off in Beckley, and there's a road you take that cuts over to 79. Yeah. And it's Route 19. And it is – they are just sitting there waiting for you to speed through there. Oh. It's bad. Brad, I'm sure Brad would know it. Yeah. Because Brad's – Probably only 30 minutes from where I'm from, where I was born in Pennsylvania. Right. So, yeah. not too far. Cool. So, back to this question. Man, I'm all for the stages everywhere we go. Yeah. The only place I want to remove the stages is the Daytona 500. I want to see that race in its entirety from beginning to end with no stage. <laughs> Let's just go run the best race in the world without the guaranteed breaks. Because we're going to get breaks in that race. I promise you. All right, uh, at Davies Center asked, TJ, were you hammered on pit road after the race with the rest of the 88? I wasn't hammered, but I'm telling you, another 20, 30 minutes there, and there was the opportunity was going to be to stay the night. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was cool. I had a good time. Good for you, man. You, you, you guys, I mean, y'all are celebrating a lot. Friendship. Yeah, it was fun. Career. He did it right with the team and everything. How wild is this uh, this this retirement party going to get? You think it's going to be bad? Uh, it's probably going to be fun. I know there's probably going to be a lot of people there that I don't want to uh, get too <laughs> too wild in front of. Oh, we're getting wild. <laughs> I don't. There's definitely going to be some people there that could, would frown on some um, craziness. Are you Ubering or hoteling it? I haven't thought about it yet. I don't even know. Definitely. Oh, it's about the same price. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably hotel it because if I get home, I'll just get woke up early. Oh, I don't want that. You got to sleep that one off. Yeah. yeah it's definitely going to be fine. Right. At ZoomBuck80 <clears throat> ass predictions for 2018 most popular driver in the Cup Series. Chase Elliott. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't even think we have to just give it to him now. Chase Elliott. I, yeah. I, I don't know who's bigger. I tell you what, man, uh, Blaney's got a really good following. He does. He's done well. I think Danica, if she'd have stayed here and had some relevance next year, she could have contended with Chase, but I don't know if she'd have beat him. This, the the diehard fans that are, have come in and seen Billy at race that have been around a long time are so attracted to Chase Elliott and the legacy. You know, everyone was okay with Dell Jr. winning it for the longest time, and, and he was the most popular driver. This torch is going to be handed off the chase. Yeah. Dale Jr. is the most popular driver ever from a percentage of the fan base standpoint. I've yeah. never seen anything like it. I grew yeah. up a Dale Earnhardt senior fan. I always thought he was the most popular driver, but somehow the Bill Elliott guys down in Georgia would rally and, and he'd they win would it. rally. He'd win it. <clears throat> so, man, you got to think that. And, and, I mean, the Bill Elliott fan, I would say the youngest a Bill Elliott fan could be right now would be 38 years old. I don't think the most popular driver will ever win the most races, ever. You don't think so? No, because that when you win that much, like Jimmy, when you win as much as Jimmy, people start to get tired of it. Yeah, and they start turning against it. The to me, to me, the most popular driver. It's kind of cool because 
it's the guy that does the most for the sport kind of at the time. Like, Billy, you know, he was just the, always the classy guy. Like, always, in, you know, won races, but always classy. Never got into the – never had, never made fans pick a side. Yeah. When you had when – you, when you liked, like, Dale Sr., it was like him or Rusty. You had to like him, Rusty, or, or, or even Terry Labonte or who, whoever yeah. was coming into that time. You had to pick one, and then you had rivalries. Yeah. So you had half here, half here, and then Billy just kind of – Never had any, in my opinion, never really had the rivalry with anybody. Just a nice guy. Just the guy that would win. And, I mean, obviously he's won a handful of stuff. and yeah. um, Champion. He was really, yeah, million really good. Dollar, million yeah. dollar bill. <clears throat> never, yep. won, never won a 500. No, but he, I mean, didn't need to. No. So. All right. And uh, HRM underscore 326. What makes an A-list driver? Is it more personality or more performance? I think it's both. Yeah, I don't think there's an A-list driver. If you're an A-list driver, you sell to sponsors and you get it done on the racetrack. I mean, I, people are uh, – first of all, man, I have huge respect for Matt Kenseth, and, and I hate to really say this, but when I look at guys like Matt Kenseth and Mark Martin, who are awesome people, and they, Marketable. End, and they ended up at Roush, and it's like Roush had so many sponsors at the time that they kind of suppressed the driver's brand and didn't get them a lot of publicity – didn't really allow them to go out and, and be themselves. Like I think it 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 hurt their personalities and their legacy in the sport. You know, Mark's a, a great guy. Matt's a great guy. But Matt was a, a, a B plus driver because you didn't know his personality. And and when you got to know his personality, he definitely would be an A list driver. But if you look at a guy like Eric Jones, he has the potential to be an A list driver. But if he doesn't have the personality and the, the the fans don't gravitate to him like they did Carl Edwards, he won't ever be that A-list driver. you you got to have both. Now, from a talent perspective, it's different. But to say A-list driver, you got to win races and you got to attract sponsorship, and you're not going to do both if you don't get yourself out there. Yeah, I mean, Kyle's ability, you know, I, it, he's the only one that makes this tough because his, uh, his ability and – you know, record on the track is is it's impeccable. It's one of the best, if not the best, whatever. Um, but as far as like, um, if he ever had to drive something, you know, that was hard, you know, that wasn't as fast or to keep, I, I'm not so sure he'd have, he'd probably have a hard time, you know, getting sponsors. Yeah. But um, he's just so he's so talented on the driving side that it makes up for it. He plays the villain role very, very well. And he does. He, and, he, and, and, and I didn't agree with that until this year. When he finally swung at Logano, it's like, okay, dude, you manned up. When Richard Childress jumped him in the garage that day, he didn't even swing back. Like, if you're going to be a badass in the car, when you get out of the car, you better be willing to be a badass too. And yeah. that's what we saw with Dale Earnhardt. We didn't wonder if he'd whip no, your no. ass. We knew he'd whip your ass. Yeah, it wasn't a question. And it doesn't matter if Kyle can whip anybody's ass or not. The fact that he's willing to try makes that villain role go to a new level. So I think, you know, to TJ's point, he's an A-list guy, and he's playing the villain side of it, you know. And we all love villains. You got to have them. Yeah. Or horsemen. They were villains. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I guys... didn't even know who the four horsemen are. I know it's a nasty shot you get when you turn to Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard. You don't remember the four horsemen? Yes. They held up the four like this. Arn Anderson. I, yeah. 
I, you, you remember? Yes. Woo! Woo! Did you see Ric Flair 30 for 30? Absolutely. Yeah. 10,000. 10,000 women. Yeah. And he just like spitballed it. I think he was doing. Hey, let me tell you who we saw at the uh, South Beach. We saw that rapper Future. Oh, yeah. He oh, sings yeah. a song that I like called Same Damn Time. Doesn't he have a kid? Ish. Dude, Future was up in there. Yeah, he. Uh, I thought well, it was Stefan Gilmore to start with. Two, I was like, well, he wouldn't be here. <laughs> two or three years no. ago when I was staying at the Miami Beach Edition, Future was there. Yeah. Maybe he lives there. Maybe he does. He was Maybe there. he does. You guys got anything you want to rant about? No, nah, man. Besides Ryan Priest? I, I, honestly, for me, man, just thank you to, to all the listeners because, you know, without One Main and without Exalta and without, obviously, Dirty Mo Radio, we wouldn't be able to, to do what TJ and I – Josh, Kristen are able to do. So thank you for listening. Thank you for the tweets. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for the feedback, whether you like it or don't like it. If you don't like it, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> and and If you don't like it, don't listen. That's the man. People text, tweet me about my how I spot. I'm like, who put a gun to your head and made you listen to the 14-team radio? Like, go away. Mm. Put it on another channel. <laughs> listen to MRN. <laughs> I hear they have great voices over there. Yeah, there's like, it's it's fun to uh, every week we go to the track. Somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, I love the podcast." You know, every week we get tweets saying how much entertaining it is and stuff. So, um, I don't know if we have ironed out permanent plans yet, but I'm pretty sure everything is going to work out okay for next year still. So, uh, just don't ask. If you ask for permission, you never yeah, get it. It's just easier to ask for forgiveness. Beg for forgiveness. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I'm sure I'm sure Mike's got some ideas and stuff. Maybe we can uh, make show even a little bit better. I think we should do some a couple live ones. Yeah, it'd be nice if we'd actually have a meeting that scores, that scores <laughs> to talk about what we can do to make it better. You hell, y'all tell us what we can do to make yeah, it better. maybe maybe some suggestions or something. I and, think I think we should do like a Facebook live episode every now and then. Yeah, we're gonna come back. We'll probably do mm. one more before Christmas. I'd say. Yeah, I'd say we'll probably say do we, one. Yeah, we have no plans, but. Uh, this probably will not be the last time you hear from us. We just no. It's hard to do it around Kristen's gluten allergy and her vacation time. Good Lord, with people getting married and her vacations and she eats all the wrong stuff and gets hives. She hasn't been stabbed with an EpiPen lately. No, she's no. not pretty good. That only good. happened once this year, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, really? I think it only, was only once. I think it was only once. <laughs> Josh, we're talking about Kristen. Yeah, I know. Her life choices are terrible. Remember when we first started the show, we'd be like, where's Kristen? She's not Where's Kristen? A couple times we were sitting here worried about her because she wouldn't answer any of us. Yeah, we were looking up car wrecks on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we were. We were looking at the the accident. Block. If she's engaged yeah. three or four months from now, we know what really happened in New Orleans. <laughs> or if she's or maybe maybe not engaged, but maybe if she's just got a little bump. Yeah. <laughs> Just, 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 it's a good thing she's not here. Just, she's just yelling at hell right a now. Small one. Oh goodness. Well, like Brett said, big thanks to Exalta and One Main. Yeah, thanks for uh, giving us this awesome studio. It's been awesome to sit in here and. Thanks, Dale Junior, for the new couch. <clears throat> yeah. TJ, I'm really sorry that you lost this weekend, and I'm a two-time back-to-back winning DBC Picks champ. Yeah, you got they lucky. Finished fourth and fifth. Yeah, you got lucky. I didn't get lucky. That's Dude, good. look at my look at my chase results. <laughs> I gave you a chance to tie me. Look at my chase results, couldn't, couldn't man. Finish it. Look at my chase stats. I know. Too bad it was a thirty-six <laughs> race season. <laughs> my chase stats are great. You got to buy everybody breakfast. Where are we going? I've already done that. Waffle House. 
I've already done that numerous times. Waffle House. I've already done that. You ever been to Waffle House sober? Yeah. It's a weird experience. It is. I don't think I have, actually. It's a weird experience. I really don't think I ever have. I always get the same thing, though. Yeah? Yeah. That, like... Does it taste better sober? No. No, (laughs) I love Waffle House, man. (laughs) I love it. I could live there. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been there sober, man. I really don't. don't. No, I get a... Two eggs over medium. <laughs> you know they cheese, have waffles. Cheese grits. <laughs> they have good waffles. Dude, I want to go in there and learn how to cook. You know, uh, like, scatter some other, southern cover, two waffles, chunked. two eggs over, each chunk. And you're like, damn. And they you don't write, write anything down. Do you no, know they that, don't uh, write anything down. You know Waffle House uh, sells the most steak per restaurant? Or sells the most, it's the largest, like, the highest selling steak restaurant in America. Wow. Steak per, and eggs. Like, per pound really? or whatever. It's not very quality steak, right. but I'll tell you what, man. It's hard to beat a Waffle House at 2 in the morning. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think you can If you go to it. Atlanta, there's one every 30 seconds on the interstate. Holy yeah. cow. Driving to that airport hotel there on that one road there is a Waffle, 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 Waffle House. Yeah. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, Waffle House, Waffle House. Yeah. They have that Dorf House yeah. for the Chick-fil-A yeah, there. Chick-fil-A Dorf House. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you ever been through that door? Uh-huh. <laughs> you see Josh going through that thing? They can <laughs> start that now. People are way too sensitive. They yeah. think they're making fun of short people. Oh, yeah. You when know, you're in the Uber back from these, Saeed's, there's yeah. one on the all these, side All these there. sensitive liberals. Okay. All right. All right. Well, the they're show. Sensitive. <laughs> they're they sensitive. They know they're sensitive. If that hurt their feelings, I'm proving my point. How do you argue that? I, not if Jason arguing. takes that part of the show, I'm going to Why don't you bring some fried rice to your Thanksgiving and see how it goes? Hell yeah. Shrimp fried rice or regular fried rice? Uh, beef fried rice. Beef. I didn't know they made beef fried rice. You put beef in fried rice. It becomes <laughs> I've never heard rice. of beef fried rice. I've already... Just regular chicken fried, fried rice. rice? <clears throat> I've heard of chicken fried rice and pork fried rice. Beef fried rice. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me know how it goes. Mix it with those mashed potatoes or something. All right. This show is an hour and seven <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Right, yeah. Yes. Happy, happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving everyone. Everybody should sit around at Thanksgiving and hold hands and say out loud one thing they're thankful for. TJ, what are you thankful for? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's not a trick question, dude. God. <laughs> Uh, right now, at this point in my life, I'm thankful for all the friendships that I've made at Hendrick and uh, racing the last ten years, and and they, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be there forever. So, I'm thankful for that. That's awesome. Happy Thanksgiving, people. Yeah, we out, we out, we out. Holla. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliot Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 